0: Welcome
1: to the 14th Age. That's right. Uh, You are seeing this uploaded either just before, just after, or maybe at the same dang time as our legacy session, our epilogue to the 13th Age campaign. But uh, obviously the world has changed, and so we are going to step aside, uh, out of the fiction a bit, and talk about some of those changes straight from the top with the new 14th age icon list
0: yeah which i'll be posting in a google doc along with this update
1: of course of course so uh we've got myself ironicus hello and gnome hello and we're going to be going through this list for you the listener thanks for joining us uh go ahead and uh who's first on the list
0: well first on the list is uh the wizard queen scarlet de who i think i've heard of
1: her (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah yeah they might be familiar
1: so what makes the Wizard Queen different from, say, the Archmage role? Why isn't she just the new Archmage? I mean, she, she's got a wizard school. We saw that in the endings.
0: Yeah. I actually haven't listened to those yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I do know that the Imperial Standard is mostly right out, uh, is the big thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. She is not uh, a wing of the Empire. She The, the Wizard Queen operates independently. Mm-hmm. I mean, aiding the Empire, but also the other forces of civilization in the world.
0: Yeah, I think she has a lot more close ties to, like, the Elf Queen and the Nomad Mm -hmm. than the Empire.
1: I'd be willing to bet that uh, if you wanted to flesh this out into, like, a full uh, setting book of any size, you'd make note that the Wizard Queen and the uh, Empire have a big fraction point with the status of Eridu as an independent state.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is mm-hmm. something that would probably argue over a lot.
1: I think if listeners have gotten this far, they're, they're pretty familiar with what's important to Scarlet. Her organization reflects those, those passions, mm-hmm. those beliefs, pretty strongly. She, she's hands-on, this, yeah. this wizard queen. Uh, that brings us to the elf queen, Bella Canto, the, the newly crowned and installed elf queen of the 14th age. Her inner circle probably has, has a lot of other fan-favorite NPCs involved.
0: Probably a couple fan-favorite PCs involved. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But while the old Elf Queen, we eventually discovered, was maintaining her power through ages on end by playing factions off one another, under Bella's reign, it's it's one of diversity, inclusion, and compassion. The, the elf woods are, are now showing the, the roots, trunk, and branches of the tree. The, the three peoples united. And the dark days are over. It is a bright, shiny day in the Elfin Woods.
0: Yeah. It's looking to be a nicer place. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about her agenda beyond making it a nicer place, but, like, it's a good <laughs> agenda.
1: yeah I guess the, the question, though, for, for the world going forward is how prepared is she bella's new and she's replacing someone who's all about the long con what are the long-term effects of someone who doesn't necessarily have those long-term plays in place and will other forces in the world see this as a, a more naive and vulnerable elf queen to take advantage of yeah i'm just giving advice for anybody who wants to use this as inspiration for their home campaigns
0: also, just looking over some of the other icons, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Elfwoods are smaller now than they used to be.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There has been a lot of expansion from a lot of other factions.
1: That is very true. So
0: both the Elf Queen and the Empire probably shrank in the 14th age.
1: I mean, we, we can see pretty clearly the, the idea that maybe the old Elf Queen was uh, rather ruthless in yeah. in sacrificing lands to promote the greater good during the, uh, the Fourfold Apocalypse. And now maybe Bella has to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Is that what we're calling it, the Fourfold Apocalypse? Because that's a pretty good name.
1: It's a phrase I've used a few times, and I, I like the way it feels in my mouth.
0: Yeah, I was calling it the Devil War in this document, but the Fourfold Apocalypse is really evocative. It probably goes by both names, honestly.
1: Yeah, we've got the Devil's coming up from below, the demons being released from their prisons in First Triumph as the, uh, quote, Crusader reveals herself as the Diabolist. The ancient sea monsters coming out to attack the living by under command of the people. Oh, yeah, that happened yeah.
0: too. That happened too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We weren't there for any of that, so I forgot about that part entirely.
1: And the fourth apocalypse was Corson's army... Corson just seeing all this happen, be like, "This is my last chance to be a spoiler and try to trade my way up in into a seat." And it did not go well for her.
0: No, she spent like three hundred years prepping for it just to get clowned on.
1: The cards she did not know and play were stacked against her. I feel, I feel for Corson. Yeah. So yes, the-, the fourfold apocalypse, the demons, the devils, Corson's army, and the uh, ancient sea beasts from the uh, the-, the merfolk. Yeah. That, that's what I like to call it.
0: Although they didn't... Did they only hit Drakenhall and Cathedral?
1: That's where they started, and I think in the end it's where they fell back to. Okay. From the competing ones, obviously, the, the Lord of Devils came out on top.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But perhaps some of that infighting is the only thing that saved civilization long enough for you guys to, to swoop in and do the capstone.
0: Probably. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: But this is us talking about the past, we're looking ahead to the future. Yeah. Speaking of the forces of civilization being saved, who's our next, uh, icon of the 14th age?
0: Uh, the Emperor, in quotes. Yeah. The end of the 13th age went fairly badly for the Empire. The Emperor was being very expansionist and aggressive at a time when they could not afford to be. mm Mhm. And this led to massive losses during the Fourfold Apocalypse
1: actually if you listen to the empire tell it as you did when you heard margaret's endings
0: yeah yeah well i haven't yet
1: (laughs) the expansionist uh policy put a lot of troops in a lot of far-flung reaches they wouldn't have been otherwise and helped save a lot of of border towns and nip some uh incursions in the bud
0: they also held back the Sea Princess. Mm-hmm. So, like, they did... It's, I'm not saying they didn't do well, but the, Emperor, the Empire is probably a little smaller than it used to be.
1: Yeah.
0: And most importantly, the Council didn't like this.
1: I think the Imperial Army got sort of the uh, opposite end from Corson's luck. They were, like, they were accidentally, like, yeah. due to stupid moves in the right place at the right time in, in a number of cases... So, but, uh, th- this has caused some strife within the government. The the treasury is not what it once was, and the boy emperor, now grown in- into, uh...
0: He's gotta be, like, 90 now, right?
1: Yeah, which is young for an emperor. I right. mean, h- his dad died around 400 or so.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in his prime, theoretically.
1: He's in his prime.
0: But, um, the errors of his childhood have, uh, caused a coup, a secret coup. hmm He's still sitting in the seat. But now there's a Council of Seven who sort of control everything in the Empire for their own personal gain. It's an open secret that the Council of Seven is really in charge. Publicly, the Emperor and the Empire both stand strong.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's a leaner, meaner Empire.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They went from a monarchy to an oligarchy. Which, uh, I guess brings us to the other group that had a major mix-up in organization. Yeah. The Lost Druid. Mm Mm-hmm. No one knows what happened to the High Druid during the war. They're just gone now.
1: Yeah, there are plenty of Druids out there, but the Lost Druid is MIA, uh, perhaps exiled, maybe imprisoned, just not around. Uh, we are going to be playing this as if it is the same High Druid from the previous age. Yeah. So the half sister of the deposed Elf Queen. I don't know if it's going to come up, but hey, feel free to play with that if you like.
0: Yeah. The druids as an organization are still here, and now there's probably a lot of power squabbles going on, Mm -hmm. and they're very disorganized.
1: I mean, there's a lot of freedom that comes with not having someone in charge, and they're all about the freedom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the lack of central leadership makes the druids in the 14th age probably more how you imagine them in, like, regular boring (laughs) D&D, where they're just a bunch of separate communes that have their own rules rather than answering to a central power.
1: And there's a lot of things that the druids do for the world. Maybe they aren't all being done efficiently yeah. anymore.
0: Especially now that there's the corruption that they have to actively fight against.
1: Yeah, that, that might be going better if they were coordinated, but they're not. They're not. Uh, <laughs>
0: but they're, they're trying, they're doing
1: things. The orc lord uh, is still kicking. Yep. New ol' orky.
0: And uh, his war effort's over. Yeah. Yeah. they're they're at the opposite end of everyone else here
1: the orcs have gotten into what was once the imperial north and they've settled Uh, apparently uh that that's what they were after
0: yeah they were fighting a war against unknown forces in the north during the 13th age in this age that was the fourfold apocalypse they won they get to settle down now the war is finally over for the orcs the orc lord has basically made reintegration into the empire and the elfwoods their main goal and they've been getting their way
1: mhm for your own campaign you could sort of see the orc lord fulfilling a role similar to that of the crusader yeah, as the uh outsider that sometimes the emperor calls on to smash the right people
0: <laughs> yeah
1: well right from his point of view yeah or just, yeah, go straight with this. How do you take this outsider, this uh, stereotyped and, and I guess noble, savage people and then deal with the reality of them as war veterans who just want to settle down and raise family?
0: Yeah. Um, their reintegration efforts are going particularly well for like two reasons. First of which is it, it synergizes with Bella Canto's stated goals. Mm -hmm. So they're making a lot of headway in the Elfwoods. And secondly, another group of much more hated people are trying to reintegrate at the same time. Which brings us to the Nomad.
1: Yes. The Nomad rolls together two previous forces, which I think is fun. Yeah. uh, That you would not necessarily think are. See, the Priestess is now walking the Earth solo. As we'll get to, Santa Cora has fallen. It, it is no longer, uh, cathedral was taken. And so the priestess needs somewhere to go and uh, walks the earth as the yeah. voice of the gods of light, but is now known as the nomad. But the work isn't just preaching and prophesying anymore. There are a whole lot of undead following the, the path of the short-term lich king, Navarone who are trying to free the imprisoned undead and make either a life for themselves or find peaceful rest, as they so choose. Yeah. Laying souls to rest is definitely a a gods of light sort of thing to do, so that's where they align with one another. Necropolitan 13 has been mothballed as it was seen as something a bit too dangerous, but the work it started goes on.
0: And, yeah, so the Nomad is basically... A Shepherd of Light. She's trying to make the world a better place actively, but has nowhere to call home anymore, and anyone else with nowhere to call home is welcome with the notepad. The opposite end of that, the Prince of Shadows.
1: No changes. No change.
0: They are exactly how they were in the 13th Age.
1: Something I'm not sure ever got into a recording. But now that the the whole shebang is over with, it's not spoilers anymore. Yes. If if the party had gotten deeper into the Prince of Shadows and like climbed up the ladder and eventually sort of got a, a, a meet and greet like they did with several other icons that they they dealt a bit more with, they would have found that there is no Prince of Shadows. The Prince of Shadows is partly just time entropy, the the decay of all things explaining some of the great losses of, of mystical artifacts and to some degree a uh,
0: a shared alias basically yeah
1: a, a shared alias a shared alibi that the greatest thief know is basically the, the santa claus of crime
0: <laughs> yeah like if you don't want credit for a ridiculous thing that you pulled off
1: if you don't want the heat
0: you blame the prince of shadows
1: yeah If you want to impress uh, people lower on the rungs of of the uh, conspiracy ladder that you got orders from up top, oh, believe me, this is a prince job.
0: Yeah. Or if you tell someone the Prince of Shadows involved, they know to shut up and not ask anything
1: about it. Mm -hmm. But then, if they kept pushing even farther than that, they would have found that the force of entropy actually is an intelligence and uh has a will and the prince of shadows is still a real thing behind the unreal thing
0: you know because that suits the prince of shadows a lot
1: exactly
0: (laughs) so um whether you want to use that if you use the 14th age is up to you Mm -hmm. but that's what our prince of shadows was and still is
1: we were technically doing it the whole time. It yeah. just never was relevant.
0: <laughs> it just didn't come up because we weren't that EP sneaky.
1: Our last returning set of icons is the five. That's right. During all what dang happened, the green returned home from uh, imprisonment whether in the Abyss or locked up by the former Elf Queen, as some legend stated.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those. I don't know. I went with the Abyss in the write-up, but it could be either. They got out.
1: And in order to maintain uh, an odd number to prevent lockups, they needed a new white, and our good friend, the confused Nickit, has, has taken the, the role of his idol and, and uh, former patriarch so uh, with their new numbers they're stronger and more dangerous I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that Drakenhall is no longer an imperial city they, they've succeeded yeah. in claiming that for themselves
0: they won a small war over Dragonhall too which we'll go over mm-hmm. shortly but,
1: but yeah, yeah. W- with more dragons comes more infighting and. Uh,
0: so Hall is a city in turmoil that no one has any claim on but the five.
1: And if you're concerned about power levels, a weak link in Nickit, to to be fair. Yeah. Poor guy. Love him. Uh,
0: (laughs) And the green is probably still wounded from wherever they happen to be. Mm -hmm. They probably have scars that will never
1: fade. Just imagine 13th Age Gaiden, the uh, action brawler Platinum makes about our campaign. (laughs) That's all about you playing as the Red, fighting uh, off the the hordes of demons, and going hand-to-hand with one of the great sea beasts. It's going to be rad.
0: Actually, you should... What what are all the five, then? So the Blue is the Sorceress, still. Yes. The Red... I don't remember what their title even was.
1: Uh, The the Red is the Engine of Destruction. There we go. And the Black is the Mother of Assassins? Something like that. That sounds
0: right. Something like that no the blue was not the blue the mother of sorcery yeah yeah something assassin related so what's the green are they like warriors then i don't know the undefeatable green maybe
1: that'd be cool like
0: they were captured but they couldn't be killed so maybe like the unkillable green yeah and then we have Nicket white who should probably get a title but
1: <laughs> hasn't earned it yet
0: hasn't earned it yet there we go so yeah the the fourth is the unkillable green
1: yeah that's cool that's a cool name so, now we get into new icons we've invented. I mean, obviously, some of the old icons are either not the same person or not filling the same role, but now... Yeah, we
0: did a lot of inventions of some of these, like the Emperor yeah, but not being the Emperor. Now we're getting into <laughs>
1: some whole cloth stuff. Who's next?
0: First up on the list is probably the icon among these who most earned her place in the 14th age. The Sea Princess, Mako. yeah. The oceans are now in constant turmoil because the pearl of the sea is gone. No one can use the sea except people that Mako has specifically allowed passage, usually in exchange for favors and riches. Yeah. But on top of that, she also led a army of sea beasts to try to conquer the world during the Devil War, and successfully took Cathedral and got her ass kicked in Dragon Hall by the Five.
1: <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Uh- yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Cathedral has been flooded with a, a system of aqueducts. It no longer moves, and there was an exodus of holy people. So that, that's another reason the the Nomad doesn't really have a center of power anymore.
0: Yeah, the Nomad and the Sea Princess are at direct odds.
1: Yeah, for, for this historical beef between them. She still has her, her undersea palace, and uh, Cathedral serves as her dry palace whenever she must meet with you know the landlubbers. Yeah.
0: And all signs point to she's going to try to take over the world again. More sea beasts are happening.
1: Ain't, ain't that always the case? Yeah.
0: And the lack of sea travel has made life difficult for a lot of previous jobs.
1: Oh, but I love the idea of a whole class of sailors who like have the Sea Princess as their patron, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's got to be like just a be... bunch of salty sea dogs with mermaid tattoos. That's not just like cuz they're cool, that's their queen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's the only reason they're allowed to sail.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: <laughs> I love the
1: sea princess. <laughs>
0: She's a good icon, who giveth and taketh in roughly equal measure, but wants to taketh more.
1: I just like the sea herself.
0: Yeah. She's very dangerous.
1: The Revolution is our next icon. This is one that is definitely... Like, if you're playing with icons... You probably hear it a lot, that it's not the person, it's the organization. Well, this one especially, because there is no central person. With the Emperor's failings, revolution has begun to brew in the hearts of the Empire, uh, the downtrodden, the uh, border towns, the fringes. They have no central figure. There's no George Washington analog in this revolution. At least not yet. Maybe they'll come up in the course of your campaign. Yeah. But, uh, Although,
0: also, most revolution leaders would probably be killed and then spur the revolution on. Yeah. Like, a, a series of martyrs may be the leader of the revolution.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they just have, like, a, a pantheon. Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost like uh, narco saints in the drug war. There's just these people who got killed for breaking the law, but their faces are put on candles that people light before they go and do whatever revolutionary act they're... About. Oh, wow, we're good at this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's the revolution. That's what they're all about.
1: Oh, this, this owns. Okay.
0: <laughs> they seek a better world than the one we have now uh, by any me- means necessary. And that's how that usually goes. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what's up next?
0: Uh, up next is... We, get, we start getting to the weird ones now.
1: Oh, so the fun ones.
0: Starting with the Outsider. Space travel's a thing now in the 14th age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've attracted aliens to the Dragon Empire. <laughs> we don't know what the Outsider is. We don't know what they want. We don't know why they do the things they do. But they are doing things... We cannot fight them. We cannot comprehend them. And they are here now. They're a great source of power for sorcerers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the outsider because I can see it going in two clear ways. Yeah. One is uh, something like V, you know, or or any of those uh, alien incursion stories. Another is this is... Your plug-and-play, cosmic horror, Lovecraft-style adapter for the setting. (laughs) If you wanted uh, to just take the cold ones straight out of Breakfast Cult and put them in the Dragon Empire, The Outsider is where you go. The the door's wide open right here.
0: Other thing about The Outsider is um, they might not even be extra-planetary. They might be extra-dimensional. They could be anything, really. Uh, the only thing that's set in stone about them is they aren't something that was here before. yes, they are nothing from the th- previous thirteenth ages. That is a fact about the outsider
1: one of relatively few
0: yeah one <laughs> of few they're they're completely new. they are the future, possibly or the end of the future.
1: Speaking of changes, we have the clockwork plague yeah. The Clockwork Plague is, the central figure is a dwarven tinker, clearly named by his enemies, but it's a name that is taken up with a sort of ironic pride by his followers as well. Yeah. Uh, we've entered the industrial age, new inventions are being made all the time, uh, clockwork people and devices are becoming regular sights around the world, and many worry about just how quickly they're spreading. This, this is your gowering of the Shire if you want to make them yeah. Uh, a terrifying force of corrupting uh, modernity, or this is your kick-ass steampunk times, if you want an, an optimistic Industrial Age.
0: Yeah, they could go either way.
1: Or, yeah, they, they can just pull uh, on both sides of that. Uh, yeah. The other
0: thing about the Clockwork Plague is that they're also extremely new. Uh, they aren't actually very strong at the beginning of the 14th Age. They have a lot of up-to-go.
1: I mean, but hey, you set your campaign in the middle, they, they've...
0: Yeah, they, they probably they have go. some bases by then, mm-hmm. but uh, like where we are, only a hundred years after the war, maybe a little less than that, they're pretty new and haven't done much yet. But there is a lot of time and a lot of worry about where they're going.
1: Another, a fact about the Clockwork Plague is they are not R.I.P. However, there is rumors that it, it is R.I.P. <laughs> People know that half of Grand Handsome went on to retire and become a tinker, and you know, you don't save, you you don't become one of the world saving heroes and not continue to influence the world, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then people hear about the Dwarven Tinker.
1: It's an understandable mistake, but it is definitely not Rip.
0: Yeah, especially since Rip still keeps in contact with the Elf Queen and icons stick together. Who's up next? Uh, up next is the Corrupted, which are less an organization and more a situation that has gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. The Fourfold Apocalypse has caused, has left permanent scars on the world. There are now areas that are just totally covered in ice and snow, like some parts of the Elfwood, some parts of the Red Wastes are like that. Uh, we actually fought one of them. Uh, there are places where only fire lives now. And uh, some monsters have grown, come from these places stranger and darker than before. The corruption is bad. It is slowly spreading. We don't know how to stop these scars. The Diabolist is rumored to be hiding in one of these corrupted places.
1: Mm-hmm. Although, I'll have you know, the Diabolist is also rumored to be the Outsider.
0: Yeah, there are alternative rumors that the Outsider was either... Possessing the Diabolist Or called by the Diabolist There's a connection there that no one understands Like everything about the Outsider The main Upside that the Corrupted has caused Is that uh, The Darrow can live there Without seemingly any problems Mm -hmm. Of the madness or the crazy harsh terrain Would normally cause
1: The the Darrow are a much Much larger force than the Marginal uh, underground Boogeymen they were during the 13th age there's a whole lot of free real estate in the underworld yeah uh, (laughs) that got freed up lately
0: the the corrupted realms are basically a foothold for them to live above ground again
1: they they got a lot more elbow room than they did before and they are capitalizing
0: yeah so you can expect to see the darrow out and about now probably they're probably the reason the corruption is spreading honestly because scars don't spread on their own someone must be doing something
1: Scars don't spread on their own sounds like a fate aspect to me.
0: <laughs> uh, that'd be a good one.
1: I know, right? I like it. Okay, so uh let me count. That's, that's 13.
0: That is 13 icons.
1: I think we're done. I don't know.
0: But this is the 14th age.
1: What?
0: <laughs> so if you've been reading along, uh after, with the link at home, you will know that we have a fourteenth icon now.
1: For the fourteenth age. Yep. It's like poetry.
0: Uh this is this icon is the legacy. What is a legacy? Well the legacy is basically what the world is left behind. It's everything that's the past is catching up to the future. And it's sort of coming to a head with, like, we have the Outsider and the Plague and the Revolution. The future is just coming.
1: Oh, I was going to see it's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see.
0: I mean, that's also what it is. Okay. But I was thinking that the legacy was the past catching up to the future. Like, you can't bring in all these new elements without something coming back to bite you. Mm Mm-hmm. The main physical aspect of the legacy are the obelisks that the many left behind the indestructible obelisks that tell the past in great detail. The legacy is those who study this information and those who will bring it into the future.
1: Great, but also confusing and uh, sort of inscrutable detail because they were inscribed by the many. With the many's, uh, shall we say, idiosyncratic thought processes.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of detail that seems unnecessary but is important to something else. There, there's, a, there's a reason there's like an entire legion of scholars studying this thing the information isn't very clear Yeah, and it's hard to tell what's important until you've connected it all to something else.
1: So yeah, the, uh, the central figure uh, or I should say the organization of the legacy is basically a, a crowd of roving scholars trying to collect this knowledge and, and arguing about how to compile it, how to interpret and interpolate it and what the heck to do with it all.
0: And, like, knowledge is power. There's probably some stuff in there.
1: Mm-hmm. So if, if you're an Indiana Jones treasure hunter yeah. sort of archetype, you're probably down with the legacy.
0: Yeah, they're the faction for you. Uh, there's, there's probably info about various treasures. Interestingly, there's stuff for all of the current icons, except the outsider because they're completely new. Even the Clockwork Plague already has a history obelisk on it and it hasn't gone anywhere yet <laughs> so there's a lot there and knowledge is power and some people are actively seeking that power
1: so so that's all 14 now I'd like to sort of talk about them as a whole yeah. what sort of themes do you think this list brings up as opposed to maybe the default list we ran with
0: Well, for one thing, I think every icon is actually interesting and has hooks. Oh! Not to dig too hard into the original, but what is the Orc Lord doing in the original? (laughs) They're just like an adventurer-tier boss.
1: The Orc Lord is doing the same thing as the Lich King, Yeah, but in a less interesting way. They're they're there to have guiltless punchmans.
0: Just an adventurer-tier instead of epic-tier.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, or, I should say, nuanceless. Yeah. I don't know why you'd be feeling guilty for your play pretend. Right. That that much. Nu- nuanceless.
0: There's also less good guys, bad guys. Because, like, even the Clockwork Plague, which has an awful name, they're still mostly innovating. Mm hmm. Guns are probably part of that, which is bad. But there's also, like, airships. We have general flight as a thing now which are There's rad space, travel. space travel's a thing, <laughs> Clockwork Plague is probably funding that
1: mm-hmm. oh, what if they're what if the Clockwork Plague is all about open source what if they sent, like, a commando strike team to get the secrets of Project Silver Arrow out from under Peppercorn
0: I like that a lot, that's canon now <laughs> oh, and Omen, they got the secrets of Omen too And put them out there.
1: Oh, wow. Scarlet must hate them. (laughs) I think she might have built her school on Omen.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, Omen was home to some awful experiments in the past, so they probably gave her some pretty bad PR, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think one thing that I think is... uh, There are a few recurring themes that I think naturally follow from what I was doing with the old icons. A lot of them have been deposed either publicly or privately, are are lost. There's a lot of something of democratization. Like a council of seven is a more equitable bit of power than an absolute emperor. Even if the seven are probably shitheads.
0: Yeah. Even if they're yeah. not their general agenda isn't good for the world, it's good for them.
1: Even if at least four of the seven are shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> they can at least be shitheads that step on one another's toes sometimes, and and maybe something good can happen in the absence.
0: There's probably at least one member of the council that either openly supports the revolution, well, not openly, they like secretly support the revolution. There's probably another who wants to appease the revolution, and between the two of them, they could probably get some nice things done.
1: I'm sure there's a Bail Organa figure in, in this yeah. this secret senate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's checks and balances there, even if they are generally
1: mm-hmm.
0: not great. But the old emperor had no balances or, che- or checks and balances. They could do whatever, which led to problems.
1: So while uh, going with the more traditional icons of the 13th Age core, I-, I was able to talk about the corruption of power and how it in order to have power to maintain it to do the good things you want to do you're also always acting in your own self-interest as glad as we all are that the old elf queen is out i would deny anybody who said she wasn't good at her job or didn't do good things for the elven people yeah she just had to play a dirty game to get all that done
0: and like as we mentioned the elf the elf woods are have shrunk in the 14th age. Mhm. So the old elf queen was expanding them. They were actively growing. And just the change of hands, they've shrunk. To be fair, that was over a war, but
1: Yeah. If you were to use this list, now it opens you up to have a running theme of what happens when there's too many cooks. Like yeah. What what happens to all the things the druids want to do when they're constantly stabbing each other in the back or just not talking like they they aren't answering each other's bird mail what happens (laughs) to to the seawall that that keeps the iron ocean out
0: like my character in the next one is a member of just like one druid group that's all about fighting one specific winter patch of corruption and has done nothing else for Mm -hmm. like 80 years there's no communication with the rest of the Druids.
1: What about the harvest? Forget the harvest. We have this w- one winter patch. We're busy.
0: It's real bad. And I guess we could hunt yetis or something.
1: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also a, gr- a greater focus on travel with yeah the nomad Definitely. and all the priestly classes having to scatter to find like oh maybe the world's religions are in geographical factions yeah could be and so the nomad part of the nomads travels are to serve them all where before they were in one place yeah and now bo- boy are her feet tired <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like all the all the various elven pantheon have probably moved all back to the elfwoods
1: mhm and and meanwhile all of so, some of the age's greatest libraries are just in somebody's backpack as they go from obelisk to obelisk and whenever they come into town check up on the like scholars board where everybody is like putting out calls and trying to fill in each other's notes
0: another thing I'm noticing is that one of the major peoples of the 13th age don't have an icon anymore the dwarf king is gone yeah, and nothing really rose to replace it
1: I'm imagining a major rift between modernist and traditionalist dwarves.
0: Yeah, there's probably a split between the Clockwork Plague and the legacy among the dwarves. And some are in the Corrupted. The Darrow are part of the dwarves. They were just, you know, exiled. But now they're not. The exiling force is gone, and they have a home above ground.
1: Like, uh, when the Dwarf King was consumed for the final thing, I had, like, a long-term vision of the dwarves becoming the first like truly democratic people. But that's going to take time, and we are right after a, ca- uh, a cataclysm. That That's not now. Uh, yeah, the
0: other organization that jumps out where the dwarves would probably block to is actually the Revolution. Oh, yeah. The dwarf king was a major ally of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And that's gone now. I don't think they want to be part of the Emperor anymore.
1: And... Even the ones that do are talking about the emperor's dad. You know, yeah. the the nice one. Yeah,
0: the, the legacy one.
1: N- not this self-important fop who uh, isn't even running his own.
0: Yeah, he can't even run his own ship. He's people, been replaced. Yeah.
1: Oh boy, I, I bet he just burns his buns yeah. to hear. To, he's maybe the one thing the emperor has power over is trying to crack down on people spreading that information. <laughs>
0: Probably.
1: Oh, uh, you. Just wait until you hear Margaret's scenes.
0: I'm excited for them.
1: I had so much fun playing the Teen Emperor.
0: (laughs) The other one I want to talk about a bit more, actually, the the one that's, like, of the bad ones, is doing the most things, possibly good things, the Sea Princess? Yeah. Who is she allies with? Because, uh, not the Five, not the Nomad, not the Emperor.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think the Sea Princess... Unless you're someone involved in shipping or transportation and allied with one of her enemies, is one of the good ones. I think the Sea Princess is a force for good. She just had to depose other forces for good to get there.
0: (laughs) That's part of it. But I mean, there's also like, she wants to conquer more of the Empire and she's got a stranglehold on the shipping lanes...
1: I, I I love the duality of the Sea Princess yeah, she's and, really good. and the Clockwork Plague, where it's really all depending on what side of them you see, yeah. and what your personal goals are.
0: If I would like to propose, though, I feel like the Orc Lord and the Sea Princess are probably allies.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're just trying like, to... I can see
0: the Sea Princess actively accepting the Orcs as like, shipping crews. As people she mm-hmm. will allow upon the sea.
1: Oh wow!
0: Orc pirates, okay, <laughs> and merchants. I,
1: yes, orc, orc pirates. I love orc merchants. I love. I had an idea that's really good, but I don't think works. But I'm going to okay. share it anyway. What if, in order to be like an approved ship, what if the the talisman that keeps the storm at bay? Because you know she's busy. She can't be like having her hand on the the pearl all day. So, so there's, like, a, a pass, and instead of a mystical amulet or ever whatever, if you have an orc on board, the storm lets you pass.
0: <laughs> oh, I could totally see that as a solution that Mako would do. Like, rather than put hard thought into it, mm-hmm. you have to be an orc okay, with the right now, tattoo and you can go it and you can pass.
1: Now, adventure tier quest someone is kidnapping orcs and locking them in cages so they can uh <laughs> ship from imperial city to imperial city in a fraction of the time that land caravans take
0: yeah yeah that could work and the other group i feel like there are probably some lost druid members that are at sea like some druid communes at sea so mm-hmm. the sea princess is probably all right I with mean, the lost druid
1: sea is nature yeah, yeah. this works yeah
0: otherwise I feel like she doesn't have positive relationships with anybody else <laughs> she mostly keeps to herself and tries mm-hmm. to strong arm everything
1: yeah I'm I'm really enjoying the uh, duality of uh, the sea princess and the integrationist version of the orc lord like yeah. they're both trying to do the same thing but the orc lord's like yeah I want to being an imperial citizen has a lot of like Perks, and that would be good. And she's all like, "Yeah, but fuck the empire, because like, (laughs) yeah, pretty much your own history. (laughs) It was not long ago, dog.
0: Not that long. We know you you were made to be a war machine, and the war that you were made to fight is over. But you can make your own society. Yeah, like here on the sea. What if there was an orc lord?" base in the ocean like a floating palace for the orcs
1: uh yes the the uh
0: like mako extended this as a gesture to the the, orc lord like hey fuck the empire join me
1: the war flotilla
0: yeah yeah actually that's a good way to put it just like a giant floating sea fortress so that's canon too
1: this sure why not uh it, it might be canon for your game uh Again, uh, feel free to check out the Google document that Gnome put together so kindly uh, with a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, some of the quote-unquote facts, some of the rumors, and some of the possibilities. I think we've got a good lineup that have tension and plot hooks to themselves and between one another. And uh, if you want to adapt them for play, throw out our facts. Make out your own. uh, Make up your own. (laughs) That's, that's it's the spirit of the game, right? It's
0: like the 13th icon, icons from the base game.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of this list.
0: I love it a lot. Like, we have a little more detail on some of these than I think the base game have, but the base game also dedicated a full page to each of these, and I put, like, a paragraph down. <laughs> we just have a little more set in stone.
1: Oh. Let's which see. I think is
0: good, actually, because I feel like the original icons are a little too. nothing there.
1: Can we get the, uh. The artist from the core book to, to draw Mako and uh, the Outsider <laughs> and just a thousand people in shabby coats with brass buttons for the revolution. <laughs> in any case, if you're listening to this after the legacy session I, I hope it filled you in on some stuff happening around the edges we didn't get to and if you're listening to it before I hope you keep it in mind as you you see other examples of how the face of the world has been changed over the course of this campaign everything i say relating to this game feels like it's the ending you know kind of is so i mean it's it's one extended ending
0: yeah an ending that just keeps going
1: from the end of the final combat to the end of the legacy session i don't know how m- much time is in between those uploads but that is one extended <laughs> ending
0: yeah and like, I love the setting that we have. It's really fun. Yeah. I enjoy talking about it.
1: So, yeah, par- part of the reason we're sharing it is first, because we love it, and second, because uh, we'd love it if you made it yours yeah. and had a little fun in this, this bonus sandbox we've built to get kicked down and bulldozed and, and have new things built inside it as well. So, thanks for listening, and one more time. Good night, folks.
0: Good night, folks.